Humboldt. Hey, this is Humboldt Last Week. My name is Miles Cochran. Thank you so much for joining me so you can hear highlights from Humboldt's Last Week while you do stuff. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. Please do tell a friend. Please like Humboldt Last Week on Facebook. You can connect in all the ways at HumboldtLastWeek.com. A disclaimer, this sometimes features explicit content. And remember, your feedback makes this thing better, so please keep that up. Humboldt Last Week is also possible with episode partnership. Thank you so much to Bongo Boy Studio. If you're a musician or in a band and you want to get noticed with that pro studio sound, you've got to work with them. They've been giving creative people in Humboldt an outlet to express themselves up to industry standards for 17 years now. On the phone at 839-5090 or go to bongoboystudio.com. And also Ferndale Music Company with Chris Smither playing at the Old Steeple on October 29th. No way please let on expect blues, folk, amazing guitar work, that gravelly voice. And here's something from the Associated Press, one of the absolute best singer-songwriters in the world. That's Chris Smither at the Old Steeple in Ferndale, October 29th. Tickets at ferndalemusiccompany.com. Well, tis the season, Trimigrant season, only in Humboldt pointed to this new gem of a song. Snip, snip here, snip, snip That's the new hit, Scissor Drifters, by Camo Cowboys. The group is based out of Southern Humboldt. Here's some of the lyrics. They take turns telling stories or humming a song. They laugh, tell some jokes, just clipping along. Snip, snip here, snip, snip there. Racial and homophobic slurs. Come on, Humboldt, you can be better than that. We're looking at McKinleyville High Varsity Football. On a whiteboard in the locker room, they wrote some insanely stupid shit. So they were banned from homecoming. Looks like the whole team, even those that were not involved, took responsibility for this. And according to what I read on Loco, it looks like the administration is taking this seriously and hoping it was a learning experience. Jerry freaking Springer involving himself with the locals. He would, right? So this Humboldt grower goes on the show to tell his Tinder match girlfriend he's dumping her and he slept with her friend. So the two women get into a brawl on daytime TV and then the dude's brother comes out. Are you out working, man? I was at home, you know, just smoking, chilling like we always do. Yeah, yeah. I saw Liz coming out of the shower. She was in that small towel, man. She was just looking good at me. Look at her, dude. And I just couldn't help myself, man. So I finished the blind and I just started fantasizing about it. Man. I started touching myself, you know? <laughs> I to her, man. I'm sorry. Since you and Evan are through, you know where to find me. Listen, man. I'm sure you're a better man than him. Oh. You seem like it. You seem like a much better man. That's because I don't want to be with you anymore. Keeping it classy, Humboldt. The most common consensus on the show that I've found is that no, it's not scripted, but the crew will often offer up talking points regarding your situation. A 2014 Deadline article said a recent season of Jerry Springer saw 1.8 million viewers a day. According to Loco, Jerry's parting thoughts on this show were there's always going to be bumps and tough times in a relationship, but if it's to survive, the response can't be to go outside the partnership to visit pain on your spouse. It has to be settled within the relationship with both sides equally committed to making it work. The house of a Southern Humboldt murder suspect was lit on fire again. 
possibly arson. Eric Lively has been arrested a couple times in the past. He most recently pleaded not guilty to intentionally striking and killing a beloved Humboldt resident with his truck. And yeah, there wasn't much left of his house the first time it was set on fire. But lo and behold, it happened again. Someone from Shelter Cove Fire told Kim Kemp the most worrisome part of this was that the flames could have spread. Buying weed without a 215 card in Eureka. According to Loco, that's happening after a city council vote. They'll limit two new retail shops every six months, and they have the option to stop allowing more shops whenever. Also looks like the Eureka City Council will be relying on feedback from Oregon on whether or not they'll allow pot shop signs. If our community doesn't start adopting more dogs from the shelter, they're going to have to start killing dogs to make room for new ones, euthanizing. So please adopt or encourage people to adopt. An update on the murder of an HSU student at a house party last spring. According to the Mad River Union, it looks like late this month at Arcata City Council meeting, they're going to say if more charges are going to be brought up from that night. There were reportedly a bunch of other fights that broke out the night when David Josiah Lawson was stabbed to death. Forensic results and additional reports regarding that stabbing are also forthcoming. we still got our eye on that story. The guy who dresses up in a creepy skull costume and usually tells ghost stories around Halloween in Humboldt was arrested for allegedly repeatedly raping a child. He's 57 years old, John Robert Biedemann, and he's also known as Carpathian. The governor says California is going to be a sanctuary state, a hot topic in Humboldt. People have been very passionate about that. It's going to be effective at the start of next year. And what it does is it restricts local cops from asking people if they're legally in the country. And it limits cops communication with federal immigration enforcement. The three-year-old Humboldt toddler who nearly drowned in Shasta Lake is still a patient at UC Davis in Sacramento. County supervisor told Loco this little girl is making progress, but she's not out of the woods. Fingers crossed for she and her family. Her dad, he's the one who jumped into the lake and rescued her 70 feet deep. He works at Mercer Fraser, and employees over there, they put up a sign showing their support for her on the bay in Eureka. It's really nice. Oh, it was such a tragedy in Vegas. That's from Luke Brodlick on Twitter. Some of our neighbors here in Humboldt never going to be the same again because of what happened. It was the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. They put the floodlights on. And then we heard the gunshots kept on going on. So, like, seriously, like 20,000 people were just, like, down. That audio courtesy of People magazine. I'm sure the number will change after I release this. 59 dead, around 500 injured. Please join me. Let's, you and I, send our hearts out to the friends and family of everyone victimized. Maybe you saw the press release about the Humboldt Sheriff's Officer and the Ferndale Police Officer that were there helping people and they were thankfully okay i also saw kim kemp reported a former willow creek resident was there helping people out sheltering people in his hotel room a mom from mckinleyville was there too janine kirby she told me she was literally trampled in the aftermath 
She's going to be physically okay, but emotionally? Anyway, Janine took a vacation from Humboldt to Vegas for her first time ever with her fiancé for a relaxing getaway. Horribly ironic, I know. This was also her first time away from her son, who's a little over a year and a half old. She, understandably, was not ready for an audio interview, but she did share with me her experience, and I'll read it for you. We were at New York, New York, about to leave when everyone turned around and started running back in, yelling. He has a gun. We heard gunshots and ran for our life. I was trampled underneath at least five people, and my fiancé pulled me out, and we found a back kitchen and went through the exit onto the street. Once we were outside, it was like a living nightmare. Gunshots everywhere, people screaming, blood, people hovering over their loved ones and injuries. We ran as fast as we could, but my foot was really messed up, so I had to stop and take my shoes off near the Bellagio. A security guard started blowing his whistle and told us if we wanted a safe place, they were about to close the doors and lock everyone in, so we went with them. We were quarantined in the engineer's office with a few other people and staff. Someone came running through the Bellagio falsely, screaming there was a shooter there, so of course we ran and hid in the back boiler room with a few families and just prayed for the best. Again, I'm reading a statement from McKinleyville mom Janine Kirby, who is in Las Vegas during this devastating tragedy. I'll go on. All the cops were reporting multiple shooters and told us if we left the building, we would not be safe. After 4 a.m., we were so tired and exhausted, we decided to leave the building anyways and try and find a cab or a way back to our hotel, the signature MGM. We ran so fast and no cab would pick us up until we were behind Caesar's Palace. Finally, a cab picked us up. We were his first ride of the night. He had just woken up. When we told him what was going on, he didn't even believe us. He couldn't believe that something like this would happen in Vegas. He dropped us off and we had to show ID and our room key to be let in the front gate of our hotel. We made it safe to our room and we were hanging out on our balcony just kind of seeing what was going on when our neighbor above asked if our group made it safe. We told him it was just us together and we were both perfectly okay, but he went on to tell us that half of his group got shot. But they were able to save all the girls they were with from getting shot. She said, such a crazy experience, I'll be traumatized forever, but there are tons of people who suffered way more than us. We just ran. McKinleyville mom Janine Kirby also said this, will I ever be the same again after this Vegas shooting? Will I ever be able to feel the safety I did before having to run for my life? Will I ever be able to attend a crowded event? Will I ever be able to let my son go do these fun things with his friends without thinking he's going to get hurt? Will I ever be able to think my family is safe anywhere? Heartbroken. So Janine says she was trampled, she injured her foot, she saw people hovering over their bloody loved ones. She and her fiancé sheltered in place for hours in fear. Half the people in her neighbor's group were shot. In a wake of seeing this kind of devastation firsthand, I asked her if she thinks there's anything we could do differently to prevent things like this. I'll read her opinion. I definitely think they should ban bump stocks. The gunshots were so fast, it sounded like a military war when we were outside. Nobody would ever need one of those for hunting or for protection. I honestly feel like no human needs an automatic gun like that. No human needs that many guns. 
I don't think everyone should get their guns taken away, but I definitely think they should be more controlled, harder to get, and more laws regulating them in general. Something needs to be done for the justice of all these innocent lives lost. Nevada's lenient laws led to a massacre that none of us are going to be able to forget, ever. Again, those were Janine's thoughts. In the interest of finding another point of view on that subject, though, I did find this post from a man named Daryl on the USA Today Facebook. He wrote, The majority of bump stocks are for weekend shooters who enjoy that type of shooting activity. You have shotgunners who shoot clay pigeons, target shooters, quick draw, long range, etc. Nothing wrong with that. Banning anything won't stop crazy people from killing people. So again, two different opinions there. Either way, I hope we can all agree that Clearly, we need to address mental health issues in this country, and people with mental health issues in this country should not be able to easily acquire weapons that can quickly cause mass casualties. I also want to mention this. North Coast News did a story about blood banks and how the blood that saved lives in Vegas was donated super recently, like 2 to 14 days beforehand. So the Northern California Community Blood Bank in Eureka said they're always accepting donations and it's good to donate when you can because you never know how many lives it could save. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any feedback, please do send it over to me. I definitely want to know your thoughts. My heart goes out to everybody troubled by these tough times. One more time, I want to thank our episode partners this week. Ferndale Music Company with Chris Smither playing at the Old Steeple October 29th. And Bongo Boy Studio. Find them online at bongoboystudio.com. Please like Humboldt Last Week on Facebook. Connect at humboldtlastweek.com. Please tell your friends. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Humboldt Last. Week.